Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Rewind, the podcast that rewatches, reviews, and remains composed as we absorb our henchmen for every movie, show, and one shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Tony Camarena. And I'm Al Rodriguez. And this episode, we are covering Agent Carter Season 2, Episode 4 Smoke and Mirrors. Original air date, February 2nd, 2016. And if you're trying to remember what happens, here's a summary from IMDb. Peggy and the SSR discover that beautiful Hollywood star Whitney Frost harbors a dangerous secret and that she's more than just a pretty face. Well, I mean, like most people, most women are, or men, yeah. if they're pretty men, I guess, don't want to be, don't want to leave people out. Yeah, I like to think of myself as more than just a pretty face. You are so much more. Yeah, other people don't think of me as a pretty face, but you know, yeah. you know everyone has their own thing, right? <laughs> So, all right. So, um, let's just kind of separate this episode. I had a, a few issues with that, with how to separate the episode. Mm-hmm. So we'll just kind of see how this turned out. So the very first part is uh, because we had a, a couple of things where we had the flashbacks to the early lives of two characters. We're gonna uh, do those. So the first one is Carter. <clears throat> doodly, 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 doodly. All right. <laughs> we rewind and get some. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. For the record, while I was doing the doo-doo, I had the hand motions as if I were on a harp. But I know no one can see me. I'm alone in my room. <laughs> I was I was imagining you doing hand motions. Like, it okay. wasn't a harp, but it was still hand motions. Okay. <laughs> we Glad we, got we rewind and get some backstory on Agent Carter. As a kid, she was always the combat type. And we finally learn her real name is Margaret and not Agent. Later in life, while celebrating her recent engagement, Carter gets an offer to join the SOE and become a field agent. During the engagement party, Carter and her brother, Carter, argue over her choosing to turn down the job with the SOE. Later, when trying on her soon-to-be wedding dress, Carter gets the bad news that her brother was killed in the war. She decides to pack up and take the offer from the SOE. Sad day. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... I have a note about young Michael. I, uh-huh. I looked up both of them, but there was nothing interesting for either of them. But um, mm-hmm. young Michael, the actor named Webb Hayes, with exception of a one TV show, short-lived TV show he was a regular on, he exclusively plays young versions of other characters. <laughs> <laughs> He's been in three other roles other than that thing. He played young King Arthur in Once Upon a Time. He played young Castle in Castle and young Michael in this <laughs> <laughs> oh that's hilarious yeah. he probably only has like another year or two left where he can do that yep. i don't know how old well, the then, character, then he, the, the then he becomes like teenage michael or whatever so he's got it for a while okay that's true yeah and depending on the script i mean that could still reference young mm-hmm. character oh. <laughs> um i don't have too much to say honestly about a lot of this it's pretty self-explanatory mm-hmm. i mean we we get some some backstory on how carter becomes an agent too right like um you know her, her entire life she's been the um you know uh combat oriented right we see her yeah. doing uh, playing like that as a kid and her brother was super encouraging he was the one who uh, recommended her for the job too mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah i'm i'm wondering in the very first flashback where she's being i mean a knight is mm-hmm. she being a black knight which is a medieval character who's going to show up later in 
um the internals <laughs> um it maybe if she knows who that is if that's a known character yeah in, I in the know. universe yeah. i mean who knows well maybe peggy does but <laughs> we don't know the, how they're going to use black knight in the internals yet that's true yeah yeah i mean anything no. from the comics at this point is kind of like can can be changed a lot right because yeah. they have their own established storyline within the mcu and you know they're they're not everything is going to be one-to-one from the comics and the movies. So, yeah, you're right. That could change a lot. Mm-hmm. So I do have uh, a couple notes in this section. Okay. Uh, when we see Peggy, like, uh, being a code cracker, it says it has a subtitle, uh, Bletchley Park. Uh-huh. That's that's the place where Alan Turing uh, cracked the Enigma code, and they, it's known during World War II for having a bunch of code breakers. So that's historically accurate. As well as the SOE, which is a real spy agency that Winston Churchill um, made. And they specialized in recruiting women because people were much less suspicious of women at the time. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Hold on. This is out of order from your stuff. So I'm looking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One more thing, which I found mm-hmm. on IMDb. I can't uh, take credit for it. And I'm not really a, you know, wedding dress kind of guy, but I do love when things are have really good attention to detail. So um, the dress, the wedding dress that they have her trying on, um, it's uh, accurate to the 1940s because instead of silk, it was made out of like less expensive fabric called crepe. And it also has two different types of lace, like one from just like in the 20s and one from the victorian era which implies that her mom like they made the dress from her mom and her grandmother's dress because they couldn't afford uh ford lace during the war oh okay that's interesting i yeah i like when they they put that detail unfortunately i miss most of the detail like most people Mm -hmm. um is this something that you just knew or like when you said you're not you're not really no, a credit. wedding dress guy like you just you just know a little bit about wedding dresses and this no. just happens to be in uh, i said that i found this on imdb it's oh, in the trivia section that. of the episode of imdb uh, when I I should pay I'm, more not, attention. I'm not really a wedding dress guy my wife wore a wedding dress and that's the only wedding dress i could probably i don't even know if i could recognize that wedding dress don't tell my wife that <laughs> <laughs> especially yeah, we're recording this one week until our wedding anniversary <laughs> oh okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. um yeah so that's all i have okay cool uh yeah it's a pretty self-explanatory section of the episode i mean uh there, there wasn't much so in that case let's kind of move on mm-hmm. and we'll do the next life flashback episode and this time let's talk about uh miss frost <clears throat> we also rewind Frost's life, and it's pretty messed up. As a child, she was really smart, but no one cares because it's the 20s and smart women are considered witches who should be thrown down a well. Frost's <laughs> mom welcomes her new, quote, Uncle Bud for a few hours of fun, uh, which is really weird way to welcome an uncle. Uh, as a teenager, Uncle Bud leaves and Frost's mom tells her that she needs to look pretty for anyone to take her seriously. Later in life, Frost is in Hollywood trying to see a movie. A kind stranger gives her a free ticket, and a creepy Hollywood talent agent recruits her. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
one thing about these both flashbacks, like in tandem, except for Peggy's brother, there's nothing we learn in the flashback that we couldn't just assume. You know, she was a tomboy. She worked in the war. She was a spy. The, the and then she joined. She joined the end. There's nothing we yeah, can well, learn. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's true. I mean, one thing. I don't know. I mean, the fact that she was engaged. Yeah. Was, I uh, mean, was yeah, something. I don't remember if the engagement comes up later. It might. If it does, then that's a good flashback. But it's, I don't. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I I completely forgot that she was engaged too. Yeah. <laughs> um. Also, it shows that Peggy doesn't have a type. I mean, she goes this guy, then Cap, and then Wilkes. It's like these are three very different men. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, and Sousa. Oh, and Sousa, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what that says about Peggy, but she doesn't have a type, so I guess it's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, um, Agnes, Agnes Cullies, or Whitney Frost, however you want to call her, um, her backstory actually tells us a lot about her that we would never know. Um, most importantly, that she's a relatable villain, and we should feel sorry for her. Yeah, she's uh she's had a pretty messed up life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, the MCU has been getting good at this, making relatable villains. Um, there's still a couple misses, but when you get the backstory like this, you actually you actually care what happens to the villain a lot more. Unlike someone like Malekith, no one cares about ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And and people even forget the that character's name. <laughs> Do you know who Malekith is? <laughs> yes, I remember. I remember who he was. Um, okay. Because I well, honestly, I think the the biggest reason I remember who he was is because when we did the rewind for those movies or for the three episodes that we did for that movie, um, like like every time we saw him, I, I think you you kept complaining about his one dimensionalness. Yeah, nothing against like how you complain, just like, like oh yeah, that's right. Just the constant reminders that yeah, you're you're right. Something that I didn't noticed is just how much I don't care about. That and stuff. he was the ninth Doctor. Come on, all right, I'm not going back to that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Why did I have something? Oh yeah. Uh, Ned Silver, the talent agent. Yes. I, w- I wrote down the note that the uh, you, you look real pretty when you smile, or it's smile, it'll make you prettier, is one of the creepiest things a man can say to a woman. But unfortunately, that's not really true, because men say a lot of creepy things to women. That's true. I have scrolled through Twitter before. Yeah, right? <laughs> yes. I, um, I am part of the Star Wars and Marvel fandom. People are mean and wrong. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh God, I hate people sometimes. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, so the the talent agent guy, I didn't look this up, and I really should have. Mm-hmm. Was that the director that Frost in last week's episode like absorbed? No. Okay, kind of um, looked like him, but I wasn't sure. I know that because you know I look up the actors to see what else they've been in, and they didn't say. Um... Uh, I think the director was a different actor when I looked him up. Okay. All right. Yeah. 
but yeah they're both they're both creeps and they're both white guys so i guess they could be the same <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah i've got nothing else for this section okay cool well in that case let's move on to the stuff that happens during the now timeline of of the show of the episode i mean it's not really now it's 1947 and <laughs> eh, you know what i mean way to be yeah. pedantic so uh that's me whitney <laughs> pedantic tony all right uh whitney frost gets a package of experiment rats from isodyne she uses them to experiment on her zero matter scar and see what happens eventually she is able to suck in a rat yep uh my first note is it's fun to get new pets oh god <laughs> Uh, yeah um i mean it's let's see so at this point in the episode so like eventually she's able to suck it in Mm -hmm. um i couldn't tell if that was like on purpose like she's getting to the point where she can control that or if that was an accident because she tries again a little bit later and wasn't able to successfully do that so i I couldn't really tell I mean, she when she sucked in first, it she sucked in when she got bit by the rat. So I think it's more emotional, which is kind of par for the course with um, superhero powers sometimes. Like, you have to put your emotion into it. True. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that kind of happens during this time that I, I realized I didn't include in the little intro part is uh, at some point during this, uh, Chadwick shows up. And he's like trying to, you know, get her to, you know, wear the right dress to the uh, fundraiser and all that stuff. And so mm-hmm. she, she's playing the happy wife. She's like, yeah, yeah. If I do this, he'll just shut up and leave me alone. So uh, again, with her character of like, she knows what she has to do to get stuff done. Oh yeah, I mean, as we established from her flashbacks and earlier, she's a mm-hmm. very smart woman. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh yeah, and her yeah. Also, her scar keeps getting bigger. Sometime eventually, she'll have to wear a mask, like <gasps> a Madame mask, <gasps> which oh. is her name in the comics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, All right. I. Cool. Well, in that case, let's move on to a section that I had to put somewhere. I didn't even write an intro because it's so small, but I just wanted to bring it up as a thing. Um, So there are two very small other sections where Carter and Wilkes are talking about stuff. Uh, In one part of the episode, uh, Wilkes calls Whitney Frost a, uh, and he doesn't use these words, but I'm going to paraphrase, a super duper genius. (laughs) Because he says, I'm a genius. Uh, Frost is... And I forget what he actually said, but he basically said she's like way higher. Uh, and then the other thing is Carter and Wilkes are talking and he tells her that he's uh, kind of seeing this um, mysterious thing that's pulling him away. Basically, he's uh, he's telling Carter about whatever effects are happening to him being in this mystery zone, wherever he's at. Uh, he can't sleep. He's all numb. He doesn't even eat. Stuff like that. Yeah. Huh. How does he know she's a super duper genius? So at the time when he said that, he and Carter were looking over some notes that I think uh, they got from Frost. I don't okay. know where those notes came from, but they got them. Okay. And from this, from the stuff that was in there, I think that's just what Wilkes said. Like, oh yeah, this is 
this is really smart stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember where they got the notes from either. Like, yeah. he doesn't know Whitney Frost. He just thinks she's an actor until they explode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and this was at the beginning of the episode, too. So I think those notes must have come from last week's episode. And I don't know where those would have even come from. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Because I, I led that episode. I watched it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. But so, um, Wilkes being drawn away somewhere else. And, like, it obviously connects to Frost's powers. Is is Frost a doorway, or does she have the now have the powers of a human being and a little baby rat? <laughs> uh, hmm. I I mean I would guess doorway. Yeah, like I, then... I don't know if she is stronger. Yeah, I mean, if that's what you're leading to, she yeah, she's definitely not heavier because later when she absorbs the other guy, she doesn't become a giant version of herself. Yeah, yeah, which would be very different. <laughs> <laughs> she all now all of a sudden she's fifteen feet tall. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, it connects the cheese. Yeah, I'm assuming since she um since she's probably a doorway, Wilkes is probably being sucked or drawn to wherever she's putting these other people oh that's why you're asking the doorway oh okay yeah. who's being sucked towards oh, okay that makes that makes a lot more sense <laughs> yeah all right okay well i think that we're at a good uh stopping point right now mm-hmm. and i think that we should talk about the products from our uh from our ad partner so uh let's talk today about battle scar makeup so Uh, I want to start with a story about a very close personal friend of mine. And to protect his identity, let's call him T-Dog, God of Lightning Sounds. (laughs) One day in a hearty battle, T-Dog took an axe to the face. Thankfully, it wasn't life-threatening because, as he likes to say, he is mighty. Normally, after a battle like that, you end up with a bunch of scars, which sounds cool, but it's not always what you want. You want light damage to show that you were in the thick of it, but not look disgusting so you don't want any deep gushing axe made scars now in t-dog's case he had a huge banquet afterward since he'll soon be king uh monarch of his land someday uh he needed to touch up the battle scars to look cool and not sad so of course he turned to the one and only battle scar makeup with battle scar makeup you'll be hiding any type of wound in seconds be it from physical weapons or some sort of otherworldly matter Remember, use promo code MCURewind today to get a free bath scrunchie. Remember, if your scar is showing, it, you're not using Battle Scar. Dude, I really appreciate you um, hiding my identity. So. No, you're welcome, buddy. Anytime. Yeah. Anytime. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so the rest of the episode is this last section because oh, it God. was so intertwined. I had no idea how to really separate it. Like we can, we'll talk about it separately, really. But it, there's just, it all just kind of kept going, um, and I didn't want to like separate it artificially too much. So let's. I feel, uh, let's... I feel personally attacked because I definitely separated last episode artificially. That's why we had so yeah. many sections. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, well, I mean, you probably did it the the better way, just because I. Yeah, I I just couldn't couldn't think of it anyway. All right, so. Jarvis and Carter stake out Chadwick's campaign office. They realize that his driver has a wound on his hand that matches the bullet wound Carter gave her mysterious attacker last week. After following him, they decide to use the tranquilizer rifle Jarvis keeps in his car to knock out and abduct Rufus the driver. The plan works, but as soon as Carter arrives at Stark Manor, Sousa is there to give her some info he has on the case. But... He quickly realizes Carter has Rufus in the car and he is not happy about it at all. Sousa agrees to help interrogate Rufus, so that's nice. And it works! Carter makes Rufus think he will die of malaria, and he gives <laughs> up the names of three people in the Council of Nine. That's enough evidence for the SSR to plan a raid on the club and get as much info on the Council of Nine as they can. While planning the raid, the FBI show up and stop them. Carter and Sousa decide their next play is to let Rufus go and listen in on his conversations. This plan also works. Rufus goes straight to Frost and Chadwick and tells them what happened. Frost uses her zero matter power to suck Rufus up. And as I was reading that whole thing, I realized I could have separated that into like three or four other sections. So mm-hmm. I definitely made a mistake, but it's too late now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so let's talk we'll about... Just... Oh, sorry? Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I think we probably had the same idea. Uh, let's just actually separate these now that we have the intro out of the way. And let's start with the uh, the Carter-Jarvis section where they're abducting uh, Rufus. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first thought is, he, the guy got shot in the hand last night. Let him take a day off, <laughs> Chadwick. <laughs> Like, I understand there's no workman's comp for assassins, but still. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to be in a lot of pain. He's, he's probably taken, like, a bunch of painkillers, too. That can't be good. Yeah. And I don't know the quality of painkillers in the 1940s. And I don't know how well painkillers interact with the uh, tranquilizer darts. I mean, those are blood thinners, right? Mm-hmm. Could be yeah. bad. Well, we'll get to that in a second. I've got something to say about those tranquilizer darts. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Say but, them now, I guess? No, or, I mean, uh, no, oh. there's some other stuff before it gets to the darts. Okay. <laughs> um, I looked up uh, Rufus Hunt, the actor played by Chris Browning. I could have looked at the last episode, but really, I thought about it when I was watching this episode, and I just didn't want to switch tabs on our OneNote. That's complete laziness. <laughs> <laughs> His only superhero role was he played Reactron in Supergirl. I'm assuming a supervillain with a reactor Tron. <laughs> um, it just reminds you how silly some superhero villains' names are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the good ones are, are taken, right? So you, you need something. And mm-hmm. you want to describe how you got your powers. It's true. That's why Spider-Man's radioactive spider bite guy. That's his real name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's, he, he has to describe it because, you know, it's not like he shoots webs out of his butt. He had to make a thing for that. Yeah. Well, you think of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. That's a lot creepier. You know, that's true. webs mm-hmm. actually leaving a bodily fluid around the city or to get bad guys or loved ones. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot creepier. That's that's true. Yeah. All right. Uh, keeping on the Spider-Man subject, though. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Jarvis impersonates the cop, right? 
Yeah. And he has this terrible accent, American accent. And he says he's going to, he literally says, I'm coming in shooting web. Is Jarvis Spider-Man Noir, which takes place in the 40s or 30s? I'm going to Um, take that laugh as a yes. Yes, yes. Let's go with that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. New headcanon. There we go. (laughs) Yeah, because I think Spider-Man Noir does take place in the 30s. So it really makes sense if Jarvis was Spider-Man before he got hired by Howard. Complete sense. In my mind. Yeah. I mean, that's where he learned all of his um, deadly Dead. arts. And then he True. forgot them because he, he like tripped and yeah, knocked he got his hit head, in the head on something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he I forgot mean, everything related to the deadly arts and he had to relearn it. Yeah. And then Howard Stark just found this guy with no memory. It's like, yeah, you're definitely my butler. Yeah, we'll say that. <laughs> yeah, that works. I, I can see that happening. Yeah. Um. So the darts. Now we can talk about the darts. <laughs> okay. Um, does Hunt, Rufus Hunt, have superpowers? Because he just took two darts and he's still getting up, and takes a third dart and he wakes up like twenty minutes later. Yeah, and Carter even had that line that said, oh, that's enough to take down a rhino or an elephant yeah. or something, something large. Yeah, um, I think rhino. Also, not sure it's accurate because he uses those darts for the koala bear, which would be very dead if it had enough to take down a rhino. <laughs> so should well, hunt, though. <laughs> uh, that's true. Then again, I mean, we've asked this question, this the same question in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. When they use the, uh, the night-night gun, to take out people and then they just keep shooting them like three <laughs> or four times um in real life if they were using some sort of tranquilizer thing like that someone would be dead probably mm-hmm. but maybe in the mcu whatever they use for the tranquilizer is different than in our world and in their world it's safer for human consumption again this is the same problem i had last week with the photograph spray stuff um, the night night gun is Fitzsimmons magic technology. We don't know mm-hmm. the rules. They didn't say this is Howard Stark's special formula tranquilizer. It's just a tranquilizer. So I would assume that it would work like it would in our world. Okay. All right. All right. So I've, like sort of kind of relating to this in my mind recently when i like watch things like like i'll watch something and um i I was doing this a lot when i was watching arrow uh you had a a character who wanted to become a superhero and like two or three episodes later hey they were a hero they did training and all this stuff and now they're Mm -hmm. like not as good as arrow but they were you know hero enough that they could stop bad guys and all that stuff and so I have to start like headcanoning that, oh, maybe in their world, things are just a little different. Like they have better vitamin supplements or something, something that makes it easier and possible for that to actually be physically possible of a thing. And so in my mind, I'm wondering if in this world of the MCU, maybe whatever stuff used for a tranquilizer is just less deadly yeah i mean that makes sense but, yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, it goes back to exactly like like you already called it from last week, the whole suspension of disbelief. Like, yeah, there's... And, and that's just something that the writers aren't even telling us. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, right there, we got to stretch to make it work. Exactly. I'm not big, yeah. I'm not big hole of the... Or, no, big hole. <laughs> big fan of those people who, like, call out plot holes and it will ruin the movie. Because it doesn't. I, I'm still having fun watching this, but... When we're examining it like this, we gotta mention it. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Can't mm-hmm. can't not do it. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So yeah, so he he is out, and he even takes Jarvis down with him. Oh yeah, he is a tough dude. <laughs> also, Jarvis only gets shot once. So yeah. maybe mm-hmm. Hunt does have superpowers. Yeah. Maybe. It's just a superpower that's never come up before. He's resistant to two tranquilizers. <laughs> <laughs> or, okay, here, here's another thing. I don't know if this is possible. Maybe he just takes, like, a little bit of tranquilizer stuff, like, and he just drinks it every morning, and so that way he builds up an immunity to it. Because as a bodyguard, he thinks maybe he will be abducted someday. Maybe. There is a scientific reason why that wouldn't work. Oh, okay. There are... Um, I know, like, with animals, it's a difference between a poison and a venom. A venom has to be injected into your bloodstream to work. So, like, if you drank um, snake venom, you wouldn't die from it because it won't affect you through your digestive system. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I would assume tranquilizers, certain tran- tranquilizers have to be eaten and certain could have to be injected. I would assume. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that makes sense then. Okay. I'm basing this on extrapolating things that may not be connected and may not be true at all. Don't drink tranquilizers, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not a thing you want to you want to chance. <laughs> yeah. Um, Consult a physician first, and they will probably tell you. Yeah, and I'm sure they will tell you the same thing we just said. Don't do it. (laughs) But at a minimum, yeah, consult a physician. Yeah. Um, (laughs) All right. Um, I guess we can move on just a little bit. Uh, and we're at Stark Manor, and Mm -hmm. uh, Susa is there, and he very very quickly notices that um, Carter is just trying to brush him off and get him to leave and uh then he finds out about rufus and all that stuff and he's not happy yeah again peggy makes that really obvious and she was once a spy if not right now being current spy (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know what happened maybe the war made her forget all her spy skills (laughs) because she was more of like a soldier i mean a high-ranking ish soldier but a soldier nonetheless that's true. Yeah, like she she got to a point where she didn't need to use those skills as much. So like mm-hmm. maybe when she did spy stuff, she was really in the thick of it and then when she was in more of a soldier role, she just got super rusty. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And 2 mm-hmm. years later, she's not good at it yet. <laughs> yeah. She probably ended up in like a paperwork role for a little while in between, I'm sure. I mean, logistics. We we still don't know if that one shot is canon. <laughs> that's 
That's maybe? true, yeah. <laughs> I'm imagining it is. I'll, I'm giving it canon, in my head at least. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where it would fit in. Oh yeah, same. I, I don't either, but <laughs> I'm sure. I guess after, after this, she mm-hmm. becomes like, they move her to the Midwest branch. And then she has to start from the bottom again? I guess. Yeah. 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 So, Rufus Hunt is uh, getting interrogated. uh, And he gives the whole tough guy spiel. He's like, oh, I was tortured in Japan. And, you know, they did all this stuff before lunch. And some days we didn't even get lunch and all that stuff. And, if he kept going, I'm sure he would have talked about when he was a kid going to school, he had to walk 10 miles in the snow uphill yeah. both ways, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, instead, Carter injects him with malaria and then quote, she leaves to get tea. Quote unquote malaria. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it is just an intense cold, which I wonder how intense because. That sounds like it might actually be useful, depending on how intense this cold is, as yeah. a uh, cure. Yeah, as a cure. Well, so so she said that this is something that Stark created, right? Like as mm-hmm. a cure to the cold. Yes. It gives you the cold, and then you experience the symptoms, like all of them, within a very short time. Hmm. Oh, yeah. So I guess you build a tolerance by being sick for like an hour and then you don't get sick again from it yeah i'm wondering if if that's it and i mean if that's it that doesn't sound so bad no yeah it's like it's no it's no worse than like going to the doctor and getting a flu shot that may or may not work exactly i'm hurting for a while (laughs) yeah and some people do still get the flu from it it's rare but it happens yeah Mm mm-hmm all right, so um, that um, non-malaria scares mm-hmm. the crap out of Rufus, so he ends up giving up uh, giving up that info, and that's good. That gives them enough to to get a warrant and try and actually get some uh, get some real yeah. evidence on the Council yeah. of Nine. So yeah, in his confession, he says they're they're responsible for the um, stock market crash of twenty nine, which is the depression we talked about last week, and the assassination assassination of President McKinley, which was in eighteen ninety eight. But that really does line up with what Zola said in Winter Soldier about every major disaster and assassination had, was Hydra. Huh. Yeah. All right. That's good. Some more uh, more linkage there between the movies uh-huh. and the shows. That's good. Uh-huh. So yeah, so yeah, they get into the um, they get a warrant, or they're trying to get a warrant, right? Yeah. So they're waiting on getting that warrant at the SSR, but they're already planning the raid. So as soon as they get the call, they're heading out. Unfortunately. That doesn't work out because the FBI show up with Vernon Masters, and um, they they tell them that the raid is off. That's yeah, there, he says there's an executive order to audit the SSR and stop the raid. Uh-huh. Usually, from my understanding, I may be wrong, 
But I feel like executive orders can only come from the president, which makes that... me think. Oh, oh what sorry. You say? I was gonna say, yeah, that was my assumption. Also, Sousa says it's directly from DC. Yeah. I don't know if that, in his mind, means wash means the president. But oh, I mean, like executive order means it comes from the executive branch. So it's mm-hmm. most likely the president. He's the only one who has power in the executive branch. So is Harry Truman part of Hydra? Is that what they're saying right here? <laughs> <laughs> um, if not a member of Hydra, in some way influenced okay. by Hydra. Like maybe someone very close to him is like, hey, this thing is going on. We we really need you to like jump in here. Just sign this thing. The FBI is cool, right? They'll take care of it. It's all right. You know, we, we have other people. There's still the checks and balances, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. That so time. that's, yeah, that's the that's the bare minimum, I, I would think. Uh, but it is possible. Honestly, I would doubt that they're saying that the president is uh, is part of Hydra just because I feel like they would have gotten more done if that were true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, but this is like, was this eighty years ago? Eighty-two years ago. Uh huh. In eighty-two years, they never got a president into. Our, our never got a hydra agent all the way up to president. That's a good point. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they've gotten people pretty high up there. Uh, a number of senators, Congress yeah. people, hmm. staff, advisors. Yeah, yeah. I I bet what they're saying is anyone you, the viewer, this particular viewer, doesn't like was probably Hydra. (laughs) If you're a Republican, all the Democrats were Hydra. If you're a Democrat, all the Republicans were Hydra. Yeah, that's, yeah, makes sense. They never never specify. (laughs) Uh, Did you ever watch um, Veep? No. I hear good things, but I never watched it. Was she Hydra? Was was Elaine Hydra? <laughs> Maybe I only got through halfway through the series, and then I I, I just got to get back into it. I just like stopped and haven't gotten around. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, one of the things on that show was they they tried very hard to not say what party they were affiliated with, and oh, yeah. so uh, I'm I'm assuming that was part of like part of the success of the show because like at times you know some people were like oh they're definitely the thing I don't like or oh maybe they are the thing I do like or you know back and forth. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that happens a lot with pop culture stuff. Is they try to play both sides to make everybody happy. Yeah, because yeah. that's how they make money. More people. Yeah, fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Vernon Masters pulls uh, Carter off into a room and uh, basically threatens her into you know, complying and all that stuff, and threatens her friends and all that kind of stuff, and. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't really work. She decides to go off and do her own thing, and then Susan's like, "No, no, no, we're still, we're still going to work together." Uh, and um, apparently, Vernon Masters gave him the same speech, so he probably gave that speech to like everyone to there at the SSR. That's all he does. He gives the same speech. <laughs> he only knows like three, but they're pretty effective. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really have anything else as far as this. I mean, it was kind of a short scene it only happens in one spot but uh you know we, we're getting more and more evidence here that uh vernon masters is full-on hydra uh, i don't mm-hmm. know if we really need any more 
um, any more evidence at this point. Yeah. No, um, the only thing I wanted to add was I'm surprised this is the first time Peggy's Britishness is called into question. Because, like, how did she get on to the American, um, like, program to make a Captain America or a Super Soldier? So, I don't understand. So that wasn't, I mean, I don't know if that was fully American. Because I know that the SSR was an allied wartime thing. So it wasn't U.S. only. It okay. was multiple countries. However, that that's sense. Just... Mm-hmm. Because, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. is international. It's not just an American thing. Exactly. Yeah. But we were also questioning this a couple weeks ago, right? When we were wondering, like, when uh, Agent Thompson said that uh, they were a um, a federal investigation when he was talking yeah, to Donnie. and they're wartime. Or a war... They're under the War Department. Yeah. So that's where things just get weird. And I, 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 my assumption is the writers just never made a full decision. And they're like, yeah, hand wavy stuff. It's close enough. True, true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So in that case, let's move on. So because of all this, uh, Carter and Sousa decide that their only next play is to let Rufus Hunt escape or th- let him think he's escaping and put a tracker on him. Or uh, not a tracker, a uh, um, a radio. Radio, there you go, exactly, uh, to to listen in on his conversation. And maybe from that they can get some actual evidence and all this stuff. Yeah. So did the Hunt run all the way from the SSR to Whitney's house? Or did he, like, hail a cab, do you think? Well, I don't think... Well, actually, that's a good question. I don't know where he was. Was he at the SSR office, like in a basement? Or yes. was he still at Stark Manor? Oh, Ooh. okay. Um, no, you're right. The way it's cut makes it look like it's right there in the SSR because it goes directly from Masters threatening them to that scene. Hmm. But that doesn't mean that's where it is. <laughs> it makes yeah, a lot more true. sense that it's, they didn't drive him all the way to the SSR and then take him through the office to put him in the basement. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Maybe. Maybe they know of like an abandoned building and that's a basement. Possibly. I would think more it's, I bet it's more likely it's Stark's house. But then that would mean that they let Hunt go and he knows Stark is involved in some way. That would be putting Stark in danger. True, but he already knew Stark was involved because he tried to assassinate her at Stark's house. That is a very good point. Okay, yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah. then yeah. Um, The reason I'm asking if do you think he ran all the way to Frost's house or took a cab, if he sits down and leans back, he's definitely going to feel that big radio thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good yeah. point. Um, yeah, I guess he just ran all the way there, wherever that is. He ran? He ran so far away? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. He, yeah, maybe I mean, he stole the car too. I'm not sure. Yeah, but I well, it's not out of the question that Stark and Frost live in the same rich neighborhood. Also, a good point. You're right. Maybe they're like three houses down. <laughs> we zoom out, and they're next door neighbors this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Oh, that would make a great like random scene in the middle of the the season. Uh, Stark is throwing some crazy party, and uh, Chadwick comes out and says, "It's midnight. Uh, <laughs> turn down the volume." <laughs> Get all these. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I'm always going to go dark. I'll stop right there. Self editing. <laughs> All right, all right. That sounds good. Uh, in that case, uh, let's talk about uh, what Rufus decides to uh, tell Frost and Chadwick. Um, he's he's getting he uh, he has a, an ace up his sleeve to kind of protect himself because uh, Chadwick is like, no, 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 Hunt, you you need to tell the council about this. Uh, they're going to be pissed at you. And Hunt is like, nah, I I have some dirt on you, and you're going to protect me, and all that stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but Frost, being the smart one in the room, realizes that uh, he he actually gave up some info because that's the only way he would you know still be alive and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so he tells them, and uh, then Frost decides to uh, close all the blinds and suck him up. <laughs> suck him up. <laughs> yeah. Uses yeah. uses her little frosty cold power there. Oh, uh, it's not. That's not Frost. Why is her name Frost? It's I, I not know. like just, um. What's her name in Flash? <laughs> I know it's oh, Killer uh, Frost. Snow. Caitlin Snow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Anyway, I. I mean, the, Wilkes is really freaked out. I don't know how I react, but it's like, calm down, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're not in the same room. You're you're right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was I said Wilkes. I meant to say uh, Chadwick. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes way more sense. I was a little confused because I, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't remember Wilkes being freaked out. Uh, but yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. I mean, that seems a little fair. I think if my wife all of a sudden could do that to people, um, that means that one, she can do that, and two, <laughs> she just murdered a person in front of me. As far as I know, so you know that's that's a lot of shock in, yeah. in one go. It's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, be, I'm trying to think of like if I were a villain, you 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 think of the opportunities. <laughs> you don't freak out. <laughs> yeah, of course. I I'm now that I'm saying that I may be a terrible person. <laughs> Maybe just a little. Yeah, just a little, okay. a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, well, you know. The first step to correcting it is, like, admitting it. So, I take it back. I don't admit anything. Well, someday you'll take that first step. All right. And then the other 11. But, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't know what else to say about the episode. Um, We kind of went over everything. Yeah. I don't know if you have anything, Tony. Nope. Um, we can do what I forgot to do last episode, and give it a rating. Okay, that sounds yeah. good to me. <laughs> uh, Tony, on a scale of one to five, um, uh, experiment mice, how would you rate this episode? I would rate this a three. It's decent. It's nothing amazing except for the awesome um. The tranquilizer bit. I, it was great. It was good. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't amazing either. What do you think? Okay. 
Well, um, we are in agreement again, because I went into this, like, before we even started the episode, thinking I was going to give it a three. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> and then, you know, sometimes when we talk about the episodes, like, I'll change. Like, you'll mention something or a few things. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is better than I thought. Or, oh, you're right. It's kind of yeah. stupid. Uh, but no, yeah, no change on this. Um, yeah, a three. Nice, okay. nice middle ground. Still, a, still a good episode enough. But yeah. All right. Well, with that, like medium note, we'll wrap this up. <laughs> Join us next time as we cover Agent Carter season two, episode five, The Atomic Job. And remember to follow us at MCU underscore Rewind, and please give us a five star rating on wherever you're listening to this, because literally you can do it right now. You're listening to this podcast. Um, this is the Marvel Cinematic Rewind for Agent Carter, Season 2, Episode 4, Smoke and Mirrors, signing off. Have a marvelous day. Oh,